Welcome to Burgess Power Hour, everyone. It is February 2019, and we are talking about love and grief. And how can we have both at the same time, right? How do we deal with it? How do we deal when we love someone or something and the grief that we feel when they're no longer in our lives? Uh, so it can look a lot of different ways. So that's what tonight, today is all about. I welcome all of you on the call live. Yay. Um, and as every power hour goes, as you know, I love to do experiential, so it's not just me yakking. Uh, but if you have background noise, I'd ask you to hit star six, and that will mute you. And then when you want to speak again, you just hit star six again. If I get a lot of background noise, I'll go ahead and just mute everybody. But that means that you can still talk if you hit your star six um, number, and then you'll be able to speak. Okay, so a little bit of housekeeping there. Also, uh, definitely if you've got something to write with and write on, that would be groovy because... As you know, we do a little bit of digging and looking into perhaps some of your subconscious beliefs or your bubble talk, which is that subconscious thought that keeps you from getting what you want, and we're going to be doing some process a little bit so you can identify perhaps some of the things that might be um, not serving you and work through that. So that's tonight's agenda, and uh, I love to hear you talk and explore, so I don't like to be a talking head, but like I said, if there's a background noise, and then I'm going to have to mute you all, and then you'll hit star six to come back in. So I'm going to get right to it, because uh, this is really up for me. I figured uh, February's love month, right? So uh, love month can mean a lot of different things, and then what I have found, what I'm going through right now because of my fur baby, my little Merlin, uh, you know, he's been transitioning and on in hospice basically uh, for quite for for a little while now. Since November, we thought we lost him, and um, so it's been it's been a challenge. When you have unconditional love. What do you do with that when they're gone? And then when you have conditional love, same thing. So it kind of intersects each other. And so I I felt like this is really coming up for me. And so I wanted to address that just in case other people might uh, have issues around, you know, loving someone or something so much and being attached. And how do you deal with the grief around that? And what, you know, what happens? So I'm going to give you some tools to use around your grief whenever that does happen in your life. But also, we're going to look at what is, you know, your expectation of love and grief. And so it all starts to me, it starts with attachment. So people really get attached to their dreams, to people, to their pets, to their visions. So sometimes we get really attached to something it can hurt a lot when we feel loss, when it's not there anymore, whether it's a breakup or if it's death or something else, okay? So in our Essence of Being programs, as most of you know who are graduates, you know, we really go into looking at that and discovering, you know, how, how can we, how do we show up around that? And we as conscious leaders empowering others to create that win-win world, we really, to, to really find out how to love ourselves enough to know that we are 
truly here to make a difference in the world. And we are truly here because we are important. But with that, we do not need other people or other things to fill up our hole or our void in order for us to really own that and feel that. And I'm going to go into that a lot because that is what that loss is at times. It's that despair that we go into. And like I said, with this, with the Conscious Leadership Academy that we've launched this year through the Essence of Being and all the programs, that's coming up for people about how do I show up in the world? And how can I love myself enough and love others and allow that love for all that is without being attached to it, right? So sometimes it's really what happens when you get attached, it really can keep us in denial. It can, it can also keep us motivated. It can keep us in a state of worry. Uh, it can also keep us in a position of concern. And it can also keep us in a position of excitement. So it's really interesting how attachment can show up. We get attached to someone or something or how it's supposed to look. And sometimes it's really hard in our lives to surrender and let go. How do we let it go? How do we truly let it go? So how do you love so much and not be attached? That's the big question. Well, first of all, be willing to let go of the outcome. Now, what I mean by outcome is clearly all of our outcomes are going to be death at some point, okay? So if, it, if you're having grief, if you love someone and they've, they've left this plane, they've left their bodies, okay, and they've gone through the veil is what I call it, um, you know, there's, there's a different kind of grief around that sometimes than other types of grief, so I'm going to speak about the death part. I'm also going to speak about breakups and that kind of grief that you go through. So we get really attached to our loved ones. And when they leave, perhaps some parts of us leave with them. And that's where we feel split. And that's where we feel somewhat lost because part of us is not here anymore. So... My belief, and this doesn't have to be your belief, but my belief system is that there is more after our body leaves us, okay? That we are energy. That we are, that our energy lives forever. And actually they've proven that energy uh, is forever uh, in quantum physics. That there is no, there is no end. So our energy, our unique signature that we have never really, never really dies. Whether we go to different dimensions or what happens to us when we die, you know, everybody has their own belief systems around that. But I do know with all the work that I've done over the last 37 years around all of this is that I do know that people, sometimes when people die around them that they really love, they part of their soul goes with them. And then you walk around for the rest of your life with, you know, uh, not all there. And feel a little bit confused or feel not empowered or feel despair or feel a little lost. So 
people deal with grief in a lot of different ways. So I'm going to talk about the death grief right now, okay? That when you love someone, some people, they move on. You know, some people are really, really good. And that's the thing to be mindful of, that, that people have different ways of dealing with grief. So whoever has a barking dog, please hit star six. Or I'm going to go ahead and mute everybody, okay? So... Since we have a barking dog disruption, can I, um, are you still hearing me? Yes. Can I offer you something from Merlin right now? Yes, but not right now. But I would love to hear what you have to say because I have a lot of uh, seers and people that are tapping. I would love to. If you want to, uh, if you stay on after we finish, that would be great. You can share with me whatever you'd like about that, okay? Okay. okay, I appreciate it, honey. And definitely, I you know Merlin is my is my familiar. Uh, he's my little uh, healer dog. So and you know him well. So I'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, but let me just finish up with this piece about people and and our animals. And what happens is a lot of times people know how to move on. They just do. They're like um, they just handle their grief by moving on and going to the next thing and just seemingly let it go and and um is they're very present with wherever they're at and whoever they're with others they deal with grief they just linger it lingers and lingers and it's just really difficult i personally for me it comes in waves so Sometimes you're okay with it and sometimes you're not, you know, and then something triggers you a year later or five months later or whenever it triggers you. You see a picture or you see something and it triggers that that feeling of loss or sadness again. And also um, what seems to happen when someone else uh, leaves the planet, it brings up all of those other times when we've had that feeling before. And the older we get, the more, of course, we've had the um, we've had time to have people leave us. So the older we get, the more we see that, and the more that we feel that. So a lot of times we relive a lot of the sadness and things that go on whenever we have grief. And you know the stages of grief. You know Elizabeth Kubler Ross very um, famously said that the stages of grief are the denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And even though we have those stages of grief, and I think a lot of us have heard that, uh, we also have faces of grief and emotions of grief. Again, it's not just about people dying, but grief about loss. You know, empty nesters have grief. Uh, Lovers have grief. Divorce. There's grief in what could have been. There's the sadness of what was lost, or seemingly so, or what could have been. So how do we go on when without that? How do we do that? Well, one way is to understand that we are all autonomous, okay? That we are connected to source or spirit or God or universe, whatever you want to call that energy, that we absolutely are connected all the time whether we feel it or not whether we allow it or not okay so the more that we feel connected the more we don't need others okay to fill our void and i'm going to go into that 
in a minute about what that means. But it seems like our pets, the reason why so many people have pets and the reason why they love to have pets is that unconditional love. It's unconditional. Those pets love you no matter what. They're always there. They'll always be there until they're not. You don't have to do anything in order to deserve their love. So we have all been perhaps conditioned about love and what that looks like. So we learn that there are conditions sometimes to love, that there's strings attached. So that's why we just crave that unconditional love. I'm going to go ahead and mute everybody. Hold on. So you can unmute yourself by hitting star six, okay? So here's the thing about that, that if there's strings attached, we may have learned that, look, I have to do something in order for me to earn someone else's love. Maybe we learned that at a very young age, that it's a tit for tat. Okay, that we have, we we believe, or we've had the evidence, or we think that in order for us to be loved, we have to do something for it. The other thing is maybe there's not enough love. Maybe that's what we learned that there's not enough to go around. So when someone leaves, then then the fear is there's not going to be anybody else. So there's not enough, right? There's not enough to go around. So there's these strings attached on which which is conditional love. So what if we could feel unconditional love for ourselves? What if that what if we could do that? So people feel lost and they feel alone and they look for somebody or something to fill up that void. Because there feels like there's a hole there and there's something empty. And we start looking outside of ourselves to fill that up. And so our grief but any time we feel grief, it triggers loss. And again, we feel like, well, are we ever going to love again? Are we ever going to be able to have love in our life again? However, if we know in our body, in our soul, in our mind, in our heart, in our spirit, that we are loved inside with our own connection, just think about how freeing that is to not put that kind of pressure on anybody on the outside. Because what happens when someone leaves, when they when they die, in my belief, they have not left. They've morphed, okay? They've morphed into a bigger synergy. They've morphed into a bigger experience that we can still connect with on a whole nother level. And the old adage, it's better to have loved and lost than have never loved at all. Yeah, I mean, that I believe that. The depth of our sorrows is the height of our joy. So the the more we feel, the more we can hurt, right? But our height of our joy is it. I mean, if we could allow ourselves to really feel true joy, then that also means that we're going to be able to feel the depth of our sorrow. And it kind of goes hand in hand. Yes, it's painful when they leave. But the concept that I that I teach in Essence of Being and with Buckminster Fuller, and many of you have heard this before, and many have you have experienced this before, but I'm going to remind us and those who haven't heard it, it's a new concept of how to really be in the world and have relationships without really projecting all of your needs onto other people. So it's called orbiting in love. 
that instead of falling in love and falling out of love, you orbit in love. And what that looks like is if you are whole and complete within yourself, if you love yourself enough and you feel whole, you don't feel uh, broken, and you feel complete because you're connected to your source, you're connected to the universe, to God, whatever that is, spirit, Okay, then what you're going to do is you're going to attract another person to you or people to you that are also whole and complete. And together you create something bigger than you can by yourself. You expand instead of contract. Instead of contracting into one, which is very romantic about the whole Jerry Maguire thing, you complete me, it's so romantic, But what you're doing is you're saying, that's my better half or my other half. So what does that make you when they leave? A half? A half person? People lose themselves. They forget who they are. They identify with that other person. And without that other person or without that other thing, they feel like they're different. They're not there. They're not whole. So when you call each other my better half or my other half, just just understand what you're saying is you're only a half person. And why people do that is they want to get into a relationship so that they can feel lovable and that they can feel loved. So you're asking another person to show me, show me and prove to me how lovable I am. Fill up my hole. Fill up my void. Please, please, love me enough so that I can love myself. And so what happens in relationships, that, you know, it's called the honeymoon stage. Everybody try, you know, we try. We try to love you enough. But then guess what? After a while, it gets really tiring because we have a hole. We also have a void that we're trying to fill. If you're coming together to try to fill each other's void, then it can get really tiring and exhausting to do that for each other. Just think about the freedom it is. If you really felt whole and complete and you're not asking that other person to fill you up, you can create something even bigger together. That's the synergy of it. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So when there's me and there's you together, it makes a whole other, whole other energy called us. So there's three of us. One plus one equals three. So what happens then is, yes, if someone leaves, if they die or if they go away or if you break up or whatever that is, the loss is you can feel the sadness, but you don't lose you. You don't lose who you are because you've been there the whole time. So you get to expand, not contract. And like I said, it's in a lot of our movies. It's in a lot of our culture about unity, about we become one person. And that's, you know, a fabulous experience. But what ends up happening eventually when one or the other leaves in whatever capacity they leave then it gets, that's, we forget who we are by ourselves. We don't know that. And so my suggestion is we orbit instead of fall. So we're just choosing an orbit. We're basically a circular 
orbiting and orbiting, and together we bring in two circles together, and that com- that creates something even bigger. It's a third energy. Okay, so when you are in a relationship, and let's let's talk about that about death, not just death, but let's talk about grief when you break up with people. That there are stages for that too. You feel overwhelmed or maybe immobilized. Or you could be haunted by fear or loss and despair. And for many times, when you have a breakup, okay, it's you feel desperate for answers. Now, this could apply also for when someone dies. But I'm going to talk about it in the context of a divorce or a lover or, or someone really close to you, okay? So that sometimes we really... We really want to understand. We're really desperate for the answers. We have to understand why it happened. And sometimes we fixate on things that that our ex says, right, at various times that you see as contradicting the breakup. So somewhere within ourselves, we have moments of clarity, too. We likely swing back and forth. Between being um, having foggy disbelief, or maybe we have moment by moment rediscovery of the magnitude of our loss and flashes of painful clarity that of course it's over, but we keep looking for the answers of why. You want to understand it at all costs, and the desperation to make sense of something. We start debating, right? We start debating with our friends and our family and our coworkers and even strangers, you know, about why the relationship ended. So you can justify to them the reasons it shouldn't have, as if you're trying to convince them why it shouldn't have happened, like you're trying to convince your ex. So sometimes we get really desperate for answers in a breakup. And another thing we do is denial just like death. Because it can be, it can feel like a death. It can't be true. This isn't happening. You just cannot be without your ex. It feels like you put everything you are into this relationship. It's been your world and your life, and you cannot accept that it's over. So you funnel every last hope into saving it, even at the expense of your well-being. You postpone your need to grieve its end because it's just too painful to face it. So by doing that, though, you can temporarily, you can derail the grieving process by replacing it with unrealistic inflated hope, somehow that that relationship can still be salvaged. And so you try to derail it and go in denial. And just like death, you can do some bargaining. So you're willing to do anything to avoid accepting it's over. You'll make, you'll be better I'll be a more attentive partner. Everything that's been wrong, you'll make right. So the thought of being without your ex is so intolerable that you will make your own pain go away by winning him or her back at any cost. So what happens is you stand at that edge of, it feels like an abyss, right? Trying not to fall into the unknown because it's an unknown. So you cling to any hope you can to prevent yourself from losing what you've come to depend on, for better or worse. However, during this phase, 
When you promise to fix all the problems between you, you're placing the entire burden of repairing, maintaining, and sustaining a relationship onto yourself. It's as it's, it's if the responsibility is yours and yours alone to make it work this time. So you try your hardest during this phase not to lose sight of the fact that both participants in the relationship contributed to its end because it's not just about you, okay? So we bargain. I'll be better. And the fourth stage of that kind of a breakup is relapse because the pain is so intolerable you actually you're able to convince your ex to try it again have you ever tried that have you ever done that let's try it again so we'll temporarily relieve the agony of that withdrawal it's like a withdrawal however despite our best efforts we'll not be able to carry on the relationship solo it just doesn't work and some people go through this process of breaking up and reconciling more than once, right, and p- before you are absolutely convinced it's time to let go. And even then, there's loss. And the fifth stage of a breakup can be anger. And I love this stage, and this also goes with death. The reason I like it so much is because um, anger is a very, uh, it's a portal. It's a portal that we can use to move through depression. It's a portal that we can move through despair because anger actually is a higher level of consciousness. Sounds weird. Sounds counterintuitive, but it really is. It actually, you're more alive and you have some kind of desire when you're angry. So initially, you may not be able to connect with the feelings of anger. So when you break, let's say when you break up with somebody, you go into this unknown place, which can really evoke a mobilizing fear or dread. And fear at that point really trumps anger. Therefore, when anger sets in, it's because you've let go of some of the fear. So that's good. And when you're able to access anger, the experience can actually be empowering because at the very least, there are shades of remembering you matter. You matter too. And feeling justified in realizing, hey, you know what? You deserve more from a relationship. So depending on your specific life and family experiences, as well as you know whatever your breakup was, Your anger may be directed at your partner or the situation or yourself. But the good news is that your anger, no matter where it's directed, is meant to empower you. Whether you choose to see it that way or not. So when anger becomes accessible to you, it can provide direction and create a feeling of aliveness in a world that becomes deadened by loss. It also can remind you that you deserve more. Even anger at yourself, as self-defeating as it may sound, is still part of the grieving process. It's a part of the process. So the fact that you are on the trajectory of grieving the loss is a sign that you're working through it. So it indicates somewhere, somewhere within, that you are creating enough internal discomfort to help shift that perspective about how the relationship has actually been 
and it can really can it really can compel you to make proactive changes if you are ready to let it in. So those are the different stages of a breakup, or can be. So what I want to do um, is have you do some stream of consciousness writing. And what that means is I'm going to say three statements. And I don't want you to think about it. I don't want you to figure it out. I don't want you to, you know, I want you just to write down the first things that come up to finish the sentence. So get your pen and your pencil out and your paper or whatever, and if you're driving or if you're on the recording, you can stop it. And by the way, everybody gets a recording of this uh, that registered on the call so that you can go over this again. So, again, I'm going to say a statement. You finish it, okay? Just write down the first things that come up. Here we go. I need a love partner in my life to fill in the blank. I need a love partner in my life to... Let's write down the first things that come up. And the second one when I break up I feel when I break up I feel And the last one, when someone I love dies, I feel, when someone I love dies, I feel, Okay, so what I want to do is if does anybody want to share anything and we can um, see what you said about any of those and work through that. And again, I'm going to give you tools uh, once we go through this to help you with grief. I'm going to give you a ceremony and some tools on what you can do around this. But if anybody, if anybody wants to share, you can hit star six and that will unmute you. Because we're a sharing kind of group, you know. Who's there? I had Hello. Samantha from Atlanta. Hi, Samantha. How are you? Good. 
Um, I guess since everybody's being quiet, I'll start. Um, if you don't mind, when I break up, I feel, um, well, the first thing that came to mind was like shit. So, so I apologize That's for that. That's okay. We, um, we're we're cussers. Um, alone, unlovable, like I will never be loved. It reinforces my feeling of not deserving love. Right. Okay, honey. So, and that's probably a lot of people, a lot of people feel that way. And the alone part and that I'm not loved and I'm not lovable is something that can reoccur, right? So when you break up with somebody, um, it hurts and it's painful depending on how the breakup is, but I understand that, that it feels like I'm unlovable and that I'm alone. So what would be the opposite of that? Do you do you understand the whole concept of what I was talking about, how we look outside of ourselves for others to kind of fill up our hole and our void? I do, yes. Yeah, it doesn't make it feel any better, but if you come... So the thing is for you, Samantha, is to be able to love yourself enough and how you do that, okay... Yes, you'll feel sad. Sadness is is definitely uh, an emotion, and you're going to feel different, and you have to readjust the dynamic of who who you are and how you show up in the world, but not losing yourself. So when you love yourself enough, you're never really alone. If you if you need a faith lift is what I call it, right? F A I T H lift, a faith lift, meaning that there is, you know, universal divine energy, that there's God, that there's spirit, that there's source, there's something out there that you connect with that you can fill yourself up with that love that's always there for you and always will be there for you and never leaves you. That that can never be taken away from you. And once you own that, and once you feel that in your bones, in your cells, to know that you are loved no matter what, and that you are lovable, because that is a learned response, by the way. Okay, somewhere along the line, you got evidence that you're not lovable. And it just gets triggered again and again and again when you get abandoned or when you get someone leaves. Is that true? Very true. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I have periods where I do feel complete. I do feel whole. Um, but unfortunately, it doesn't take much to kind of knock that down. Okay. Okay, well, at least you're aware of that, hon. So it's okay. You know, it's a learning process. And if you allow other people to knock you down or knock your source of who you are out of your body and out of your mind and your heart and your soul, if you allow that, you're the one that's allowing it. And so the good news is that you have control over that because you have control over allowing if somebody can knock you out of your source connection. And it might be for just a minute. It might be for years, okay? But it, but believe me, if, if you believe that you're whole and complete and you know what that feels like, it's okay that you go back to that space. And it, it gets less and less and less time for you to get back to that space and connect. 
That's the good news. Because I'm assuming you're a very good learner, yes? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to int- we're going to intend that, okay? <laughs> I'm going to hold that for you. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely hold that for you that you are that you're learning this and it gets less and less time for you to feel that way. Okay, because when it first happens, it might feel like you're like that forever for a long time, but when it happens and you get knocked off your center, the the more times you um, get knocked off and come back together in your center, the, it takes a lot less time. It's not getting it that takes the time. But once you get it, then it's very, it's very powerful. See, I love my husband and my husband loves me and we make something, you know, brilliant together. But if he leaves or if I leave, we'll, we'll feel sad and we'll miss each other. But I'm not losing who I am and I'm not losing my connection because I never... It's not mine to, it's, it, it never came from anywhere else but me. He's not, he, I'm not demanding that he love me enough or vice versa to prove to me that I'm lovable because I already know it. And by knowing that and by knowing that I am full, I am full of love because I allow that connection to flow through me from spirit, from source, from God, from universe, from energy, whatever you want to call that, when I allow that to run through me, I'm full. Does that help? It does. And I could definitely use a faith list. Thank you for that expression. That's perfect. Okay, you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, I invite you to come to Essence of Being because we're going to be doing it in Atlanta in March, March 8th through 10th. It's our next Essence of Being, which is our big three-day flagship. But if everybody goes to essenceofbeing.com, you'll see all the different um, times that we have scheduled throughout the year. But essenceofbeing.com slash CLA, which means Conscious Leadership Academy, if you go to that page as well, there's a free course there that you can take on. We just have a free course on abundance because that's what we're that's what we're in the quarter of right now is essence of abundance. But it's the essence of love and the essence of who you are and the essence of relationships and all of that's coming up. By the way, uh, in essence of being, we cover all of that. So I encourage you. If that's something that resonates with you and anybody on the call, if there's anything at all that you want to up-level or anything at all that you want to feel supported more in and have more of what you know that you truly desire and to really own that, I invite you to come play with us um, because it's something that is really, uh, it's a cellular shift for you. And by the way, anybody can contact me, Burge, at EssenceOfBeing.com anytime. And it's B-U-R-G-E at EssenceOfBeing.com. And I'll be happy to support you however that looks. And if you registered for this call, you're going to get the um, recording. And if you want a text reminder for any of the things that we're doing, if you text 960000, 
on your phone, you just put that in as the number, 96000. And then for the message, you put Burge, that's B-U-R-G-E for the message. Then you're going to get, um, you'll be able to get text reminders, and you're also going to get a little uh, surprise from me. So uh, it'll be really cool, some videos from me. So thank you for being our guinea pig tonight, Samantha. I appreciate that. And there's more for you here. And the thing I want you to hear is that you are loved for all of us, that there is enough for all of us to go around because it is about allowing that spirit to come through us and fill us up. And I'm going to give us some tools on how we can do that because when we feel that loss or we feel that we're not loved or we feel that pain, you know, it's it's really having the faith lift of having to know that we are we have the ability to allow that love to, to move through us. So I'm going to here's a couple of affirmations, by the way, that you guys can write down or just listen to on the call again if you want. Uh, that you can use. So you can say, I am willing to release the need to blame or shame myself. I am willing to release the need to blame or shame myself. And another great affirmation is, I am willing to see my perfection. I am willing to see my perfection. And I've got one more. I withdraw my energy. I withdraw my energy and focus I withdraw my energy and focus from the past and release all barriers I withdraw my energy and focus from the past and release all barriers against the love that I know is my birthright. So I withdraw my energy and focus from the past and release all barriers against the love that I know is my birthright. And the other thing that I do, I also... You can say, I choose to pray or think or meditate for the highest good for all concerned. So when you have loss or despair or those feelings of being alone or grief, just pray or say, meditate, whatever you, whatever you resonate with. Say, I, I pray for the highest good for all concerned. You can't go wrong doing that. And one of my favorite uh, um, things that I use a lot when I marry people, actually, or when I do funerals, is uh, from Khalil Gibran. 
called The Prophet, and it was by Khalil Gibran. And one of the things that he says is, when you are joyous, look deep into your heart, and you shall find it is only that which has given you sorrow that has given you joy. When you are sorrowful, look again in your heart, and you shall see that in truth you are weeping for that which has been your delight. I love that. Which basically, in my world, it just means the depth of your sorrow is the heights of your joy. You know, the more you bring joy in your life, it's equal to the, can be the depths of your sorrow. They kind of go hand in hand. The other thing he says about death, as he says, if you would indeed behold the spirit of death, open your heart wide unto the body of life. For life and death are one, even as the river and the sea are one. For what is it to die but to stand naked in the wind and to melt into the sun? And what is it to cease breathing but to free the breath from its restless tides that it may rise and expand and seek God or the universe unencumbered? So we're free. So I'm going to give you a ceremony to do. It's a really, really, really powerful tool to use when someone has passed through the veil. And uh, it's really, really powerful. So let me just tell it to you. I'm going to gift it to you. It's a little ceremony you can do by yourself. You get a white candle. And it needs to be a candle that has a flame. So it's not one of, it's not one of those candles inside a jar. It's, it's a taper candle or a big candle that has the um, flame where you can see it. And then you light this white candle. And when you light it, you call out the person's name that is passed. And then you watch the flame. And when you call their name, call it out loud. And when you see the flame really kind of trickle, it goes up, you know, it, the flame will actually rise. When you see it rising up, you have now realized that you've called in that energy of that person that you do. And do, do it one at a time, by the way. You only do it with one person. So you'll feel or you'll see that candle rise up, that means that that person's, that unique signature of that energy is there. And then once you see that or feel that, then you out loud say everything you want to say out loud to that person. Where are you? I miss you. I love you. I hate you. Why did you do that? Are you okay? Every single emotion, everything that you've wanted to say or ask. I'm sorry I wasn't there. Why did you do that? Why did you leave me? Are you okay? 
I feel so alone. Whatever it is that you feel, whatever it is you want to say, maybe there have been some things you have held back or you've held in. Maybe you didn't get to complete with that person. Maybe you did and you just want to check on them. But say it out loud and really empty your cup. Really just spill your guts. And then, once you're finished with that, you look into the candle and you say, is there anything you want to say to me? And you close your eyes and you listen. And whatever comes into your head, your mind, and your heart at that moment, trust it. Trust that you're getting information, that you're getting a message. Stay out of your head about it. Don't try to, don't doubt it whatsoever. Just whatever comes in at your in your mind and in your heart, listen. And when you feel like that is complete, that the message has been said, you open your eyes and you blow out the candle and you say, we are complete for now. And it's a very, very powerful ceremony to do. Does anybody have any questions about that? Or any comments or any other shares they want to share to hit star six? That was beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. It really works, too. Hi, Hi, Leslie. Hey. Hey. I miss you. I miss you. I love hearing your voice tonight. It's I love what make my heart happy. Conscious Leadership Academy, girl. You can hear it all the time. We're doing that whole year thing with you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, what I wanted to share, based on the ceremony that you had just said, which was tremendously beautiful, I have the tremendous blessing of feeling and and my. My parents both, you know, you know this, um, have mm-hmm. passed. And um, I actually watched my father walk across the veil and see him not change. It was like he walked through a door and there he was. Very cool. Very cool. And, yeah, so... question is... Um, because, well, just a side little note, um, there was a moment a few weeks ago that, because I parents all the time, I feel them, um, and I couldn't talk to my dad. And I felt the anguish and the, the separation and that like, he was lost and I didn't know where he was and I couldn't find him and I couldn't talk to him and it was, it was horrific for me. It only lasted a couple of hours, but it was horrific and... When he came back, he said, that's so you can understand what your brother is going through. Oh, wow. And so I'm wondering, we have different faith systems, my brother and I. Uh-huh. And I was wondering what 
you would say about me to approach him with this ceremony or if there is another ceremony that might be more with Christian belief um, that something because it's been heavy on my heart because I felt now and I want to to I've been wanting to do something that um, will help him feel connected to them the way that I okay. do or at least a small Okay. Well, the thing is, so you said Christian. So, I mean, the Christian, depending on what the faith is and what their belief system is, I mean, that particular ceremony is not excluding God. It's actually including God in that, but you could have him pray if if that's where he's at. And you just say, you know, pray for the highest good for all concerned that whether you believe this or not, I feel... I feel our dad, and I really want you to be able to feel that connection too. And does, you know, if he doesn't believe, does he believe that you can contact or connect or feel or speak to people that have passed? He, he, he does, but he doesn't. And let me clarify that a little bit. It's, he's like, well, I know they're there and that I can know that they're there but that there's this there's this separation like you know he's like i can't actually talk to them okay you know and so what you do unless, then okay, i do I get it, I get it. <laughs> well what you do yeah and you don't want to make him wrong and exactly so what it is is just being able to i know that i feel the compassion that you feel and you want him to be able to connect in that way and so you first have to ask are you willing are you willing to be willing to connect perhaps in a different way uh, with him to feel him? You don't have to talk to him, but maybe, and you don't have to have him talk to you, but maybe there might be some unspoken things that you haven't said to him that might help you feel a little bit more complete. That's all. That's that's awesome because that just, that just triggered a, um, a thought in my mind about how he is doing a project and he'll say, I felt dad with me. So I can use that language. And then the, um, oh, shoot, there was another thing I was going to. Yeah, but telling him, yeah, definitely sharing with him, he can. it's about him feeling more complete and, and sharing any unspoken words or anything that he'd like to say out loud, but it's really about his own healing and um, you know, whether he feels like he can hear your dad or not. But if he feels him, then you just say just so it, it's, a, it's more of a connection to God. So you can talk to him like that and he probably will hear you and... You know, it's, again, put him in, put his peace, you know, pray for the highest Mm -hmm. good for all concerned, and that that he will be peaceful with this because he'll get it when he gets it. And you're not in control of that. However, you know, uh, you can support him and love him enough to allow him to learn that in divine time. Awesome. And if we have time, if we don't, you can just say it. I lost you there. I'm here. I can can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. What did you say? I said there was one more thing. If we have time, if we don't, that's okay. It was that one of the difficulties that I had when my mom, um, who was a very strong woman of Christianity, 
think it was to do with part of her dementia um, in the in her last, um, days, but that she was afraid of that. She was like, well, how will I find your dad when I die? Like, how will I find him? And how will I know that it's him? And I was, one thing that I said was the way that you know, other followers saw Jesus, you know, rise from the dead, you know, and they were on the planet. I said, surely you can find him in heaven. I mean, you know, I said some other better things, but I, I've had that same experience come up again, and it wasn't my mom, and so I just didn't know if there was another something that you have, a tidbit that would be that you would say when someone asks that question. When they ask, how can I find the other people that have passed on? Well, she was... She she wanted so badly to be with my dad, but she was afraid that when she died, she wouldn't know him. She wouldn't right. be able to find him again. Right. So I'm saying, are you asking what you would say to somebody who says, I don't know how to find someone if, you know, once I die, yeah. if I'm going to be able to see yeah. them again. And so, so, I mean, my answer to all of that is love is love is love is love. And the universal divine signature of who you are and who you have been and who you will be will always be the same. And we're all connected. So there is no separation. And that you uh, will attract that connection uh, again. So it's not, um, it never really breaks. It just love expands it. and contracts. I love it that you are a divine signature that always been loved. You guys are bound together through your love. Yeah. And therefore, you will find that connection will never be severed and you'll be drawn that works to each other. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Thank you. That's brilliant. I just, I love it. You're just so amazing. Welcome, thank you. Thank you. Welcome, thank you. With all my heart. It's good to hear your voice, too. And definitely offline, let's connect because I really want you to be a part of what we're doing this year. It's really awesome. So for all of you out there, um, I just want to say thank you for being a part of this. And again, next time I do this, I remember I do my Bubble Talk uh, Facebook Lives on Tuesdays and Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard, unless I'm teaching. And the next one that we're doing all together is March 20th. It's our next Power Hour. And Guess what it's going to be on? It's March 20th. It's always the third Wednesday of every month. It's going to be on relationships. Men are dogs, and the woman is always right. (laughs) And that is the prelude to my book, because that's the book coming out. Men are dogs, and the woman is always right. So it's all about relationships, and I'm not. Of course, it's a metaphor, and I'm not going to tell you about it until then. So you have to just just, um, ruminate on that for a little bit. But if you go to EssenceOfBeing.com, everybody, and you hit EssenceOfBeing.com and forward slash CLA, which means Conscious Leadership Academy, there's a free course on there online. It's a free abundance course. I'd love for all of you to take it. It's free, and it gives you kind of an idea of what to expect, and it's my gift for listening uh, tonight. And it's also what you can expect to experience little tidbits throughout the year because we have this whole long, year-long membership that people are jump, jumping in on as, to learn more about essence of abundance, essence of being, essence of relationships, essence of leadership, essence of success, and essence of communication. And to really know what your purpose is and how you're going to contribute to the world because, my friends, we are all building a global movement of conscious leaders 
empowering others to create a win-win world. So I invite you all to come play with me in any capacity and uh, live your dreams and your visions and your legacy and just know that it's okay to love someone enough and it's okay to love yourself even more and the grief that you feel will dissipate from the point of view that you're never disconnected. Even though we let go, we're never disconnected. So with that, I'm going to unmute us all here. Let's see. And there you go. You're all unmuted. So we can say until we meet again and talk to each other again, we can just give a shout-out and say until next time. Shout out. Until next time. Birds. 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 It's Donna Smith. May I say something real quick? Sure. Uh, I I probably come up as DML on your side, but but I want to say really quick to everybody that um, I've been a widow for 11 years, and I was with my husband for over 30 years before he was killed, and I went through those stages many, many times throughout the years. And especially in the early years. And I began to welcome the anger stage because that was the only way I could clean out his closet was when I was pissed off at him for leaving me. So I just wanted to add it, add that. I love that. I love that, <laughs> I Donna. couldn't do it when I was crying right. in that well. And yeah. Crying, this is the one I'm not crawling out of. And mm. you do, and then mm-hmm. you go into the grocery store. But the only time I could clean out his closet was when I was angry at him for leaving me. Well, that thank you for sharing that. And as I've said all you're along, welcome. and all of you're in essence of being graduate, and all of you know that you know emotions are emotions, and that's what makes us human. And if we shut down any of our emotions, then we're rudderless. We're not. We have no direction. And when you're right. angry, it is a higher vibration than despair and and um, depression because at least you have desire and look at what you got done with your desire so it's not yeah. to be it's not a, it's nothing to be uh, afraid of it's just that many of us have been afraid of that uh, that feeling because of what it's you know what we've grown up with perhaps or what we've seen happen when people are angry but the emotion itself is just an emotion and it's what we do with it all that's important but if we keep right. it stuffed in or if we don't allow ourselves to feel, then we cut, basically we cut off the other part, which is the, the passion and the joy. So thank you for sharing that, hon. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, thank you for you're going over. <laughs> you're welcome. And I'm going right. to turn the uh, recording off. And uh, say good night to everybody, and I'm going to stay on um, if you would like to chat for a few more minutes. So I'm going to uh, talk to you next time. So come, come see us at Essence of Being, everybody. Okay. Good night, everybody. Good night. Right. Thank you. Good night. Thank you, Burge. I'm staying on. Okay, Deanna, go. What you got? Hey. Well, a uh, couple things. First, Merlin, and then I hear Leslie Payton. Pardon Leslie- me? I was saying hi to Deanna. I was thinking about her the other day. <laughs> I don't hear very well. I, I didn't hear anything. Hello? Les, is that Leslie? Yeah, uh, it was Leslie. 
just saying hi to you. You're going in and out, honey. I don't know. It's like we, every now and then, it's like I don't know if your your phone's, but it goes in and out, and we can hear kind of every other word. I'm okay, moving. well, then I'll just be quiet. <laughs> That's okay. It just did it out. So, Deanna, what were you going to say, hon? Well, first for you, for Merlin, and one one thing for Leslie, and and uh, another for Samantha. I got disrupted in my listenings uh, by a number of calls during this thing. But uh, Samantha, I met right away virtually over the phone while we're waiting for you. But for you, for 